Well, we're joined now by Moen's Peter Karl. He's a former Director General of the EU Commissioners, Commission's Trade Directorate, and he's written a guide called How to Brexit, a guide for decision makers. Welcome to NewsHour. What do you think the priorities should be for both sides in this? First of all, I've written the paper that you talked about because uh, I was frustrated by the facts that uh, those who talk don't know and those who know don't talk. Um, I've been working on most of the areas which would be uh, subject to the Brexit negotiations over the past uh, 30 years when I was in the Commission. Um, and I've, I've reached the conclusion that the gap of perceptions on both sides of the channel are such that uh, it would be useful, necessary indeed, uh, to, to tell some unpleasant truths to both. Right? Such uh, as? Now, yes, sorry. Yes, and what are those truths? Well, first of all, I would say uh, to the British government that the best thing they could do now, apart from sending the formal letter to Mr. Tusk, which of course I, I have read, the best thing that they could do would be to get rid of the question of the treatment of existing migrants, uh, as the expression goes in the UK. Get rid of it in the most uh, positive possible sense. There cannot be any question uh, of a different treatment being meted out in the future to existing migrants from either side in other countries, be it in, in continental Europe or in the UK. This is like an albatross uh, around the neck of the British government. It's not a negotiating card, as uh, some ministers have had it. It's the opposite of it. So get rid of it. Uh, make a clear statement to the effect that you are prepared, you British government are prepared to grant in the future precisely the same treatment to those who have settled in the UK before the date on which the UK will actually uh, leave the EU. So that's, to give... yeah, that, so that's the UK's uh, priority as far as you see it. What about the rest of the EU? I think that it's time that the rest of the EU understand that uh, opinion in the UK, uh, perhaps majority, but in any event represented in the Brexit vote, that opinion in the UK is much more xenophobic to call things by their name than they are in the rest of Europe. Uh, we have to wake up to the fact that there cannot be an, an agreement which will continue uh, based on the principle of free movement of persons after the day on which the UK will leave the EU. Uh, that is, politically speaking, impossible for the British government, if I've understood the local situation correctly, of course. Although, I just, yeah. or just on that point, clearly there are plenty of governments in Europe who um, are dealing with similar feelings amongst parts of their population. Yes, but they haven't, uh, they haven't left or they haven't said anything about leaving uh, the EU for that reason. You may recall years ago there was a joke in France, well not a joke as a matter of fact, there was much criticism in France um, of the opening up to Eastern Europe um, of, of free migration uh, to the French labour market. 
Now, that has disappeared, and thank God it has disappeared, because without the, the proverbial Polish plumber, we, those of us who live in Paris uh, would find it very difficult to have any repair job done. You, you're right, of course. There, there are frictions here, here and there. But so far, I have not heard one single EU government speak up against this absolutely basic tenet of philosophy. And, it's, and, it goes, yeah, it goes way beyond... Goes way beyond what is economic. Your, we can't sort of get into every every point you make in your paper, but I mean, broadly speaking, how you, you're suggesting that things need not be as complicated as some are making out. I mean, what, how complex yes. do you think this is going to be? Yes, uh, I, I think that the negotiation of a free trade area agreement on goods, repeat on goods, not on services. Uh, is easy to do. It can be done within a short period of time, certainly much shorter than the next two years. No, the question is how, uh, what ground rules to, to agree on with respect to the rest. There, there's no uh, principle used in the WTO and elsewhere that nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. So free trade in goods, fine, no problem. Huh? Both sides have a great interest in this. No. The problems arise when it comes to services, and in particular to financial services, where we don't have the same interests. And briefly, I think you said you've had a chance to look at the letter Theresa May sent to mm -hmm. the European Council president. What do you make of it in terms of a, a, an opening gambit in the negotiations? Well, uh, it would be extremely impolite on, on my behalf to start criticising the PM's letter, of course. But I will make one critical remark. Uh, when uh, uh, she appears to uh, suggest that it would be possible for the UK and the EU to strike a deal that would grant the UK continued completely free access to the European market in all areas, including financial services. Now, uh, you can't claim that on the one hand, and on the other hand, not accept the basic principle of, of future free movement of persons, not to speak of the, of the treatment of those who are, who are already there. Huh? You can't have your cake and eat it. Right. Well, thanks very much for that assessment. Uh, Moen's Peter.